Welcome to episode 19 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, with Eric Sanchez. Cream Soda Man himself. That's right. That's a good deal. Showed up with Cream Soda <laughs> like he's fancy. Like he's fancy. Today, guys, we're going to be talking about, remember when that guy was in the title picture? Or that guy won the title? Just kind of like weird stuff that we didn't expect. Yeah. Um, obviously inspired by Jinder Mahal winning the WWE title this past weekend. Also, uh, suggesting on the show is a suggestion on Twitter, actually. I sent an ounce like, hey, what do you guys want to hear us talk about? Yeah, I saw that as a suggestion. And who, who said it? Uh, Sammy Cassell, at Sammy Cassell on Twitter. Hey, thanks, Sammy. Yeah, it's his suggestion. Well, he, well, his, a lot of his stuff was uh, like older, like, hey, when Kerry Von Eric won, I'm like, I don't remember that at all type of thing. But I looked up a few things. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Find us on SoundCloud, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Um, we're also, you can choose an email to ppwpodcast at gmail.com. I want to, again, thank Delilah Doom for coming on last week at Delilah underscore Doom. She's been super busy in May with wrestling pretty much every weekend. And this past weekend, there was like a heavy metal wrestling show. There was like videos on YouTube I watched. It was like a metal band, BYOB, in like a garage, like wrestling. <clears throat> it was total like... Punk rock wrestling was really cool. Check that out. <laughs> she's got a few more dates coming up in May, and then she mentioned, she's like, I need my June book. So any promoters that are listening, I don't know why you would, but if you are, hey, just shoot Delilah a note. She would like to come to your town, and she's going to be here in Chicago in July. So I will try to get her back on right before that show, the Shimmer Show in July here in Chicago. Yeah, there's a couple shows in Chicago. I might just tag her in those events. There's like freelance wrestling. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there's a lot of smaller indie yeah, stuff yeah. out here. For June, for sure, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's got to be somewhat worth it for her to make the drive up or flight up here from Texas. But even mm -hmm. still, I mean, getting experience is sweet. Right. Uh, I got nothing else we could get started. We could talk about this past weekend of show. So I went to NXT TakeOver in Chicago. That was an awesome, awesome show. They had the opening match was they did like an NXT TV taping before the show. Okay. They had Prince Pretty. It, it was kind of like just somewhat enhancement matches. And who's the, I don't know his name. I wish I remember his Alistair? name. Alistair? Alistair Black? Black. Yeah, I don't know. He was the first match of the night. And he, he does like crazy flips and stuff. Okay. So he was pretty cool. And the crowd was into it like from the start. It was like, you know, NXT chance. Everyone was um, standing the whole time type of thing. The entire show was not sold out. And on TV, I'm sure they kind of blocked it. So how it worked was the entire pretty much the entire lower level was sold out with the exception of the hard camera side there was a probably like a half section of empty seats and i think that might have been because of setting up cameras the entire non-hard camera side of the upper deck was tarped off as was the entire opposite tron side was tarped off so i was the first section of seats in the upper deck in the first row didn't matter i don't know what the gate was i'm sure you could look it up but it was <clears> awesome <throat> awesome show what i thought was interesting was Anytime someone started to see him punk chant, they were booed. Like, it was booed till it drowned out, which was yeah, kind of weird. Yeah, that is awesome. And also, this is kind of stupid. I don't know why they did it, but someone brought a beach ball, and it was fun. Like, beach ball. Like, and then all of a sudden, they're booing the beach ball. Like, no, watch wrestling. <laughs> and this was a time when no matches were going on. It was like a lull before the show started. Uh -huh. And then somebody popped it. And like, asshole, asshole type of thing. <laughs> Either way, it was an awesome show. Uh, we can not, like, break down the show. It's not what this show's about, but... We could talk about the UK Championship match and how amazing it was. Yeah. The first match, um, I thought it was pretty solid. Eric Young and Roderick, right? Yeah. Like they started off, but I don't know. I didn't, think, I didn't think it was amazing, but I thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah, yeah. And the crowd was ready and hyped into it, too, so they're ready to go. Yeah. And then the UK Championship, that was amazing. Like, when I started the show, I was standing up, and I, just, I was standing up the whole time, like for the two hours. You're just standing at home? 
Yeah. Well, Hoping no one walks yeah. like, what the hell are you doing? <clears throat> no, it makes sense. I was standing. <laughs> was it Tyler Bate or whatever his name Tyler is? Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn. Yeah, I loved that they were all chanting bruiser weight, bruiser weight. Yeah. And I, I thought for sure he was going to retain the title. But I thought the way that they did it, I mean, the airplane spin I thought was fucking that, awesome. That was the best airplane spin I've ever seen. And it was so fast. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then, like, he kind of fell off the ropes and fell out of him again. That was yeah, incredible. like anybody would because you're dizzy. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't dizzy like Cesaro doesn't get dizzy. But... He was going way faster than Cesaro does. But I'm just saying, like, even just going at Cesaro's pace, I would get dizzy. That's like the old game when you drink and you do the spinning around the bat you try to run to first. Like, everybody <laughs> falls down. <laughs> so the fact that he was going... You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. So the fact that he was going so fast and just played into him him getting looking like he got dizzy and fell off for the pin. Yeah. Or, yeah, for the pin. And, ball. like, it's not like the rest of the show was affected by them. Nobody was able to follow them, really, like, have a better match. But the rest yeah. of the show didn't suffer. It's not like, oh, it's a big letdown after this. Because the women's title match, Nikki Cross, Ruby Riot, and Asuka, which, by the way, ever since you mentioned that people called her Charlie Chaplin, that's all I, so that's all I see now, so thanks. I was going to text you that. <laughs> you know, do you see it? Only because she wears, like, the black lipstick and she has a small mouth. So when she has her mouth closed, it looks like a mustache. And she's got, like, the same, like, head shape, <clears throat> I guess. Yeah. Either way, it was an awesome match. Uh, I nitpicked a little bit at the ending I didn't really like. I did like how Asuka won again. And I guess it seems like they're building up Ember Moon to take it off of her, maybe? Who knows? I think they will. I think that Asuka should just win and then move up to the main roster and just give up the title. Because they have, like, a tournament? Yeah, and then just keep building up and she could face someone at WrestleMania. We'll see if they do long-term like that. But either way, fun match. Then they had the world title match, uh, which I was surprised wasn't the main event, but how the show turned out, it made sense. Yeah. Bobby Roode and Itami. I didn't really watch too much of a Tommy even mm-hmm. before he came in as Kenta and wherever he was before. But I was really impressed with him. Like he was quick. Everything looked sharp and every, looked like everything hurt. Mm-hmm. He's well, he was the original, like strong kick style guy. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Bryan said, you know, if you ever see my kicks, I stole those from Kenta. That, yeah. Those are, those are where I stole them from. Made sense for Bobby Roode to win. They're obviously setting up the, the thing with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Drew McIntyre, yeah, that's the next feud for them. I guess their next takeover is at Summer after SummerSlam. And then the main event, the Authors of Pain versus DIY, and that was just a hard hitting match. And there was a few <clears> times <throat> I was like, "Oh God, they fucked up!" Like when they did the double jump off the ladders and they both overshot their guy. Yeah, and then the half German off the ladder through a broken ladder is just. Good stuff. I thought for sure DIY was going to win. Well, when Gargano came off the ladder and hit and he missed and he rolled off the end, I'm like, well, he fucked up. The, mm-hmm. other, the other guy, he went right through. Yeah. Like busted the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Just an awesome overall show. And then uh, WWE had their work cut out for them, the main roster, that is, to follow it with Backlash. And a lot of people kind of shit on the pay-per-view. It wasn't bad. To me, this is a, your standard B pay-per-view show. You know, it's nothing big. It's just a regular show. It's not SummerSlam or one of the major shows or yeah. Money in the Bank. I thought Nakamura and Ziggler was good. It was like a B-plus match called Give It the Grade that we could probably give it. Yeah. A lot of people complained that it was the opener, but someone in one of the groups made a good point that maybe it was on earlier so that the fans in Japan could watch it because of time zones. Maybe. Or maybe they just wanted the crowd into it right away. Yeah. I mean, where else? it wasn't going to be the main events. So where else are you going to put it? You know? I mean, middle... I think Kevin Owens talked about it. He's like, if you're not the last guy in the show, you want to be the first guy to come yeah. out. And I guess they did. We're not going to break down the whole show, but the AJ Owens match I thought was really great. I I thought the ending was really clever. The guy stuck in the the booth. I thought it was really clever. It makes the feud go on. And then Jinder and Randy Orton was a decent, pretty good match. I did not think Mahal was going to win. I thought for sure it would be an RKO and then a post-match beatdown type of thing. Yeah, I wanted him to win because I don't like like Randy. He's just boring to me. And... What's it, what's Mahal's finisher like? That Cobra Clutch Slam? Or I don't I see. That's the thing. I didn't know what his finisher it's was. It's like a Kasa or something, yeah, yeah. whatever he calls it. So, I mean, Randy was. I mean, it was a pretty good match. But when it got to the end and he hit the Kasa, I'm like, oh, I hope to God he doesn't reverse into an RKO. So he didn't reverse an RKO. I'm like, okay, cool. So he goes for the pin. I'm like, please don't kick out. So he didn't kick out. And I remember standing there and I fist pumped in the air when he got the three count. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Like a fucking nerd. <laughs> you're, so you're loving Ginger Mahal. You, yeah. do, you do not hinder Ginger. No. 
I love the where he threw the Bollywood boys and like Orton made that like oh god oh, yeah like after he threw him on his head. But then if you watch it, he kind of played it off like oh it's my arms that I'm making that face. But yeah. it was because he flipped him <laughs> inside out on his head. <laughs> so yeah, we got SmackDown tonight as we're recording on a Tuesday, and we'll see where they go with it. Who knows? Who knows how long this this will last? But I always think it's better for a heel to be the champion and for a good guy to chase him. Yeah, he's gonna do. Um what is it called, like a Punjabi celebration or whatever Yeah, it is. yeah. So with that celebration being talked about, some guy in one of the groups, that he posted the celebration when JBL won his first title off Eddie Guerrero, and it was like a big shock back then too. So JBL comes out, and he's all about America. He's like, you need a new champion. You know, I'm going to kiss your babies, and as long as your babies aren't, you know, don't have snot and aren't sick. And then he's, he's like, I'll shake your hands. And then he pauses for a second. He pulls out hand sanitizer. He's like, but I'm going to do this afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of playing up, like, the cool heel. <laughs> yeah, and then another awesome part of that was when the backlash show with the Breeze Dango versus the Usos. Yeah, that was good. The grandma, like, that match was so fun. That was my favorite chant of the night. Yeah. It was like, uh, Dollar's grandma. Yeah, or let's go grandma. <laughs> and then they threw the dress and hit JBL in the face. <laughs> yeah. Just... I, I don't know. I'm kind of pissed I didn't give him the title. But maybe they'll build him up so they can they can have a big moment somewhere down the line. And win I the hope title. so. They, I just, just don't want it to game. turn into where they give every kind of like the losers the titles. You know, make them work for it a little bit. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, let's transition into the today's topic because we're talking about, oh, my God, that happened, world champions. Mm-hmm. I'll start, and my first one was from 1994 with Bob Backlund beating Bret Hart for the championship at the Survivor Series. So Bob Backlund came back. And he was a champion in the 60s, 70s for WWF. <laughs> 60s, 70s. 70s. Yeah, it was in the 70s. And for the WWF, and he was like a five-year uh, five champion. Iron Sheik eventually beat him, and then Hogan beat the Iron Sheik. <clears throat> he came back, and they made a big deal, like, oh, he's 42 years old, making his comeback. And, like, I didn't know why the hell I was supposed to care about Bob Backlund. I, I didn't care about him. I was like, I don't get it at all. And then he did his heel turn where he snapped and put the crossface chicken in everybody. And him and Bret Hart had a match at Survivor Series. It was a, you have to throw in the towel match where you can't quit, you can't get pinned. Yeah. Your corner has to throw in the towel. So Bret had the British Bulldog, and Owen was in Bob Backlund's corner, and they both had towels. And this was on playing off the fact that Bob Backlund never lost the title. His manager threw in the towel when he was facing the Iron Sheik. That's how he lost the title. Going back 15, 20 years. Yeah, yeah. So then the match happens. Bulldog and Owen are chasing each other or something. Bulldog gets knocked out by the steel steps. If you watch this match, give it a chance. It's a it's a really old school match, but I liked it a lot. And I rewatched it recently. It's still good. They oh, the Owen playing the I'm so sorry, Mom. I I are because I'm skipping ahead. Brett and Owen's parents are in the front row, and Brett's in the crossface chicken wing with mm-hmm. Backlund for like ten minutes yeah. or something like that, and he can't get out of it in the middle of the ring. And since Bulldog is passed out, he can't throw in the towel. So Owen gets his mom to throw in the towel for him, and then yeah. Bob wins the title. And I, as a kid, I was like, oh, my God, this guy sucks. He's a nobody. Why the hell is he the champion? I felt the same way. I was so pissed. And this is one of those pay-per-views I've always talked about where I listen to it, and I'm like, they must have been a mistake. There's something wrong here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and then like, a few days later or whatever, back when lost the title to Diesel, which was fine, but I, I – that was the reason to do it, too, is to get the title off Brett so Diesel could be the champion by beating Bob Backlund. But when we were younger, we didn't understand transitional champions. No, and they shouldn't even done that, obviously, because business tanked when Diesel was the champion in 95. Yeah. But, man, I was this was not something I was okay with. Like, I have more on my list here. I was like, okay, we'll see where it goes. I was also 11 or 10 in 94, so I was definitely not cool with Bob winning the title. Yeah. Speaking of old guys... Are we going to stay on this one? or can You we can go? switch. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, it's like old guys coming back. I didn't understand why Sergeant Slaughter came back in 1990. And then he gets the title match against Warrior. And I'm like, who is, you know, why is this fat old fucker <laughs> from like the G.I. Joe stuff? Because I didn't know him from his first run in WWF. And I just saw him on like uh, G.I. Joe commercials and stuff like that, like five, six years before this match. So he comes back and then he's, you know, the... What do they call him, Iraqi or Saudi Arabia yeah, the sympathizer? Iraqi sympathizer. Yeah, I'm like, this is so stupid. Warrior's just going to demolish him. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's no point to this match. Uh-huh. So you thought it was just a, a heel to be vanquished. Yeah, for, you know, just Warrior to run through. <laughs> and then, like, Savage gets involved, Sherry gets involved. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, this isn't looking good. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the first time Sherry comes in, she so you're gets, what probably ten and nine like ten? Uh, I think it was around twelve. Okay, so I was kind of thought I was smart enough to you know what was going on, but I guess I wasn't. <laughs> but to get Warrior to run down the ramp to go to the backstage to you know to get Sherry, Savage comes out of nowhere, blindsides uh, Warrior, and it seemed like ten minutes. Warrior was just struggling to get back into the ring. Sergeant keeps breaking the count. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, this is so stupid. Yeah, I remember this match, too, because Roddy Piper was on commentary, which I found was weird. And he's like, oh, no, yeah. no, no. And I, I figured Piper would help Warrior because they're both good guys. Yeah. And then this, the famous savage whacking the shit out of Warrior's head with the scepter. I watched it last night, and he busted that thing on his head. Uh-huh. And I was surprised with how loud the the crowd was for that match. The commentators were loud. He had the high-energy warrior. The music, he's running, he's thumping, mm-hmm. he's beating the shit out of Slaughter until Savage and Sherry get involved. Yeah, that was... And you were pissed. I was so <laughs> mad. I'm like, why is this guy the champion? And then and then Hogan became champion. Yeah, then I'm like, why? Man. I'm like, I guess I'll go for Hogan. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't like Slaughter so much. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely out of nowhere type of thing. I guess looking back, you can, like see how it made sense logically to where it was going. But, but in that time and place, and you're watching this live happen, it's ridiculous. <laughs> For sure. Let's go to one that I wasn't mad about. It was when Lex Luger beat Hulk Hogan on Nitro for the title, Hollywood okay. Hogan in 1997. All right. This was right before the Road Wild pay-per-view, and NWO form, was formed that last year in 96. It was just going through everyone. They never lost, ever. Like And... Even when it looked like they were going to lose, there was a big run-in schmoz type of thing, and then yeah. they would win. So they had this main event, <clears throat> Lex Luger versus Hulk Hogan, world, Hollywood Hogan, world title. I hated Hollywood Hogan. I still kind of liked the NWO a little bit, but I was like, oh, whatever. So I was watching the show, and for me to watch a main event for WCW was a big deal because I was such a WWF guy. I'm like, well, it's a title match. I'll watch it. Yeah. And then like the crowd's going apeshit the whole match. WCW is helping fend off the NWO, which would make sense during the storyline. That never happened. Luger gets Hogan in the torture rack. Hogan's like, oh, I give up, I give up. The crowd's throwing trash in the ring. WCW's in there going nuts. you know. And then they showed him backstage. Like I think it might have been at the pay-per-view. It might have been late and then next TV. I don't remember, but... Like, they're in the back room, and the giant is, like, scrubbing off the NWO spray paint. <laughs> like, yeah, on the pelt, and they're, like, shooting champagne and everything like that. Totally unexpected. Not not that Luger, I couldn't see Luger as being a world champion. It's just I didn't think that was going to happen. Right. You, like, I didn't think it was going to happen at all. Do you remember this? Yeah, I'm sure you kind of remember it. But I kind of remember it, but, I mean, it's the same thing with any Hogan title change. You don't expect it because Hogan doesn't really put people over or didn't put people over yeah they got the then. title back then literally like the next week yeah. of the pay-per-view but it didn't matter because in that moment like yes they fucking <laughs> right they overcame the you know the 20 people at nwo yeah yeah and that's back when the nwo wasn't like all jobbers it was like the elite guys were in the nwo yeah what's your next one um i forgot my list already that's okay we'll go to my next one we'll yeah go yours. ahead so my next one because I, I also had on my list with Slaughter and the Warrior. But my next one was when Yokozuna beat Bret Hart at WrestleMania 9. Survivor, I have two Bret Hart's on here, and he's losing both time. <laughs> you must have been a Bret Hart, Mark. <laughs> I like Bret. And I think I liked Bret because he usually faced guys that I hated, and he was an awesome wrestler type of thing. But anyway, he faced Yokozuna. And first off, I was pissed that Yokozuna won the Royal Rumble in 93 because the Royal Rumble was always an awesome pay-per-view, and the good guy always won. I guess Ric Flair lost the year before, but that was for a title, so it was different. And I was pissed that Yoko won because they made a big deal. This is the first time ever the winner will face the champion at WrestleMania. So I'm like, oh, sweet, Macho Man's going to win for sure. Like, he's going to yeah. face Brett at WrestleMania. It'll be an awesome match. That would be an awesome match. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> and freaking Yokozuna wins. And then I'm like, all right, well, how's Brett going to win? Like, I figure he's going to win, but I figured it would be like a roll-up type of thing. And then he gets Yoko somehow in the sharpshooter with his giant leg. I was so impressed when that happened. I'm like, there's no way he can get his big, gigantic legs, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of tied up. And it's the main events. You're like, okay, you know, it's the last match. And this was a pay-per-view that I didn't listen to or watch live. It was my friend who had a black box tape that gave me the tape the next day at school on Monday, and I watched it that night. So Brett gets the salt in the eyes by Mr. Fuji, kind of, and then Yoko leg drops in one, two, three. And I was like, what 
that can't be right at all. Like, that's BS. Yeah. So then Hogan comes out. And my thought was, Hogan's going to tell the referee what happened. And he's going to change his decision. And they're going to reverse it and start the match over. Right. It's not what happened, obviously. Hogan somehow ended up in the match. <laughs> that greedy bastard. <laughs> yeah, right? Ended up in the match. But that didn't, like, Hogan winning, like, kind of lessened the blow a lot for me because I just didn't want Yoko to win. But I was uh-huh. so pissed that Bret Hart lost to freaking Yokozuna. And I hated him so much. Which I guess makes sense. That's what you want to do. But that well, was a you total shot. I, I was double pissed. <laughs> Yoko got the title, then Hogan comes down, and you know how that happened. I was like, come on. I was like, yeah. Brett deserves the title, not either of these two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is your classic Vince wanting a giant to be chased down. He was the champion the entire year. Yeah. He didn't lose until the next WrestleMania. That's insane. Right. Even Lex Luger, who should have beat him in SummerSlam 93. <laughs> that was the time I loved wrestling, but I hated the championship so much. Right. What do you got? Did you find your list? Um, yeah, I'm going to go back to 91. Okay. Um, so we had the Royal Rumble. Hogan gets the title back, and then he faces the Survivor Series against The Undertaker. And again, this is Hogan. I'm like, Hogan, I wanted The Undertaker to win, but at the same time, I kind of didn't like The Undertaker because he was kind of new. And I don't know. I just wasn't adjusted to The Undertaker yet. And But I wanted him to be Undertaker Hogan. had to prove himself to you. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Because, I mean, anytime a new character comes in, they're kind of pushed. I'm like, well, you know, do I really like him or not? <laughs> but the whole setup was, I thought, was kind of cool because Flair had come back. Before you go on, I have a question for you. Yeah. So you mentioned that the Undertaker having to, like, prove himself to you. And, like, I don't know if I like this or not. Yeah. Has there been a guy off the top of your head you could think of that he came in you were like, yes, this is my guy. ended up being awful. Like, he just sucked type of thing. No, but there's people that have come in that I've hated that I ended up really liking. Okay, okay. Like The Miz, I hated him for years, but now I really like him. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to think of guys that I was like, okay, this guy's going to be great, and then nothing. Maybe that's a show for another week, but I, I've just thought of that as I was going on with your, 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 your story, Undertaker and Hogan. Oh, so I think leading up to it, Ric Flair had come back, and Ric Flair's in Hogan's face. So I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have a good match with Hogan and Flair. Uh, Flair is just, I'm the real world champion. This is what the real belt looks like. Yours looks like crap. And I think they're on um, the Paul Bearer show or whatever that was called. The funeral parlor. Yeah, the funeral parlor. So Hogan's got his back to this closed coffin. Ric Flair's talking all his shit. And mm-hmm. Slowly the coffin opens. Undertaker yeah, comes creeping and, out. Yeah, and the Undertaker, and this was a stand-up coffin for people yeah. that aren't familiar with it. So, yeah. So he comes creeping out up behind Hogan, you know. Just beats Hogan down. And then all of a sudden, Savage and Piper, you know, the good mm-hmm. guys, I think they're on commentary. Yeah. They come running down like hauling ass like Warrior would. Yeah, they're <laughs> they the superstars. Up, they, got, they got chairs. They're fending off. Flair, they're fending off. Uh, Undertaker. I thought it was cool how Undertaker just seemed impervious to any type of pain. Like, he got walloped with chairs. He just kind of stood there like it didn't affect him. <laughs> There's a couple things I remember from this funeral party segment. One was at the time when I was a kid, I thought, oh, they have a Hulk Hogan casket. Really, it was a casket with Hulk Hogan stickers on it. So right. it wasn't a Hulk Hogan custom <laughs> casket. But also, Undertaker ripped off the crucifix from Hogan. Yeah. And like held it and was like, like taken aback, like disgusted by it, which is kind of like, holy little. Yeah, imagine they had a little smoke coming from his palm, like he yeah, was burning right. his gloves. Yeah, like he's stigmata. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, they, they go to the match. They have their match in Survivor Series. Yeah, so. The introductions and they come out and you know they're having a pretty decent match and I'm kind of surprised that Hogan is just letting him get his ass beat <laughs> like he's getting punched in the face, slammed and when I think when I think back to Undertaker I always imagined he was kind of slower which he was but there was a lot of quickness in his elbow strikes and so I'm like okay yeah he was good back then <laughs> and then Flair comes down kind of distraction they and Flair with the back the referee's back turn he slides a chair and he's still holding the steel chair. Undertaker sees this, tombstones Hogan, Flair pulls a chair out. Tombstones him onto the chair. Onto the chair. Okay. And gets the one, two, three. I was like, fuck yeah. You were pumped? (laughs) I was so excited. I didn't expect it because I didn't think they'd put the title on Undertaker that quick because he was just still kind of, to me, not proved himself yet. as like, Uh I don't know. But I thought it was awesome. I think I've talked about this in our show before, but I think it may be even on the Hulk Hogan show, but... When I was watching this show, I was watching it with my dad, and my dad was kind of asking me, like, what do you think of it? And, you know, I don't know about that. And as a big a Hogan fan as I was, I was okay with it because, to me, it makes sense that Hogan lost to this, like, guy, which I assume he just, all right, he's just going to get the title back later. And he did at Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. And then they did the whole storyline where it was vacant, and it was a Royal Rumble winner. 
and then after at WrestleMania 9, he got it back. So Hogan yeah. got it all eventually anyway. But I was super <clears throat> into this one. I was super into this feud. I was super into the character. My uncle actually really liked The Undertaker. I remember when I was seven or eight years old, he was like, ooh, The Undertaker <laughs> type of thing. I'm sure he was just teasing me, but he, he was into it too. This was another one that definitely shocked me, but not like completely out of nowhere type of thing like some of the ones we're talking about. Yeah. You know? when Well, for Undertaker... I think when he teamed up with Paul Bear, that's when I started to like him a little bit more because he was with um, Brother, yeah, Brother, Brother Love. Love. Uh, was he ever with Cornette no. or, or Fuji no, or No, it was like just that? Brother Love then to, to Paul Bear. Okay. Yeah, but I thought the pairing with Paul Bear was just made way more sense to me. So here's one that the guy didn't win the title, but it was like, what the hell happened? It's when R-Truth was in the main event with John Cena going in 2011 uh -huh. at Capital Punishment. This was a time where I was like, "What are they doing?" Like art, and he was like, "Our <clears throat> truth was doing the like little Jimmy Invisible Boy thing, and like picking on all Cena's younger fans and stuff like that." It was just something that I was like, "What the hell is this?" And the reason this is on this list is the the positive spin of it. Yeah, is this was at the June pay per view two thousand eleven. Right after that, we had the CM Punk pipe bomb. The, that was like the perfect timing for CM Punk to like emerge. Everyone's like, we're sick of this crap. Like, what are you doing giving us this kitty storyline yeah. no one likes? And it, it launched into the CM Punk storyline, and then the Money in the Bank came winning the title off Cena that year. And then also, during the match, I rewatched it. It's not great. And <laughs> like at the end of the match, R-Truth's like yelling at a little kid. The kid like throws a pop at him. And Cena hits the attitude adjustment for the win. It's like, what the hell were they doing here? Yeah, I was bouncing between WWE because I, I don't remember ordering pay per views, so I would just catch. I definitely didn't order this one. Yeah, I would just watch replays, or I just catch maybe a Monday Night Raw, but always SmackDown because I didn't have cable at the time because we canceled cable, that kind of stuff. So, excuse me. So TNA Impact was on. It was on cable, but then it would also broadcast on the internet. So I would just connect my computer to the TV and watch uh, mm -hmm. Impact shows. But I think he got Ron or our truth got his push because over in TNA where he just kind of left from, he was one of the top guys over there. It was Ron Killings? He was the champion, so maybe he proved himself that he could be a top guy when he came over to WWE. But the whole little Jimmy thing, I missed that whole gimmick time period. You wish you'd bring it back? No, <laughs> <laughs> the the idea of an invisible whatever it doesn't make any sense to me. Speaking of bringing it back, did you watch Raw last night? I kind of paid attention to, did you see to the, some of it. Did you see the Gold Dust vignette? Yeah, that was awesome. That was like 1996 Gold Dust. That yeah. was pretty sweet. I, I hope liked it. He's going to have like one little more run. Give him the Intercontinental title. Give him the gold strap. Make him the strap gold again. Let's do it. Yeah, that would be awesome. The member berries. <laughs> I remember when. You got you got another unexpected <clears throat> title change? Um, the only Well, I got a couple. Just pull one up because I have a couple more too. Yeah, the last one. Well, last one. <laughs> <laughs> the, all right. Well, but, but, but. So, all right. <laughs> yeah, um, New Year's Revolution. Revolution? Resolution? I forget what they were Probably called. Revolution, because Resolution's an actual thing. Okay, 2006, when Cena was in the Elimination Chamber, yeah. and he won that match, and Edge had won the Money in the Bank the year before. I think WrestleMania he won it, so he still had the Money in the Bank. Right. At the end of the match, Cena ends up winning. Vince McMahon comes out, and... I think what we're used to with Money in the Bank is there's the run-in. They tell the ref, I want to cash this in. Like, I think we already know what the Money in the Bank is, but this was the first one. So Cena's doing his little celebration. He's bleeding. And Vince McMahon comes out. He's like, you know, that's not enough. This is not the last match. Raise the cage. And everybody's like, what the hell's going on? Because nobody understood what the Money in the Bank really meant. So Vince McMahon kind of explained it. He's like, you know, we're going to have one more match tonight. It's going to be for the title, and it's going to be with the Money in the Bank winner, Edge's music hits. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, yes. Were you watching this one? This, this one I did watch. Okay. Yeah. And he was with Lita and the Raider, our superstar. I thought it was really cool with Lita. Just everything was awesome with this. So Edge comes out. You know, he gives the, well, before he comes down the ramp, he gives the Money in the Bank to Vince. I'm like, okay, cool. This is how Money in the Bank works. <laughs> so he goes in. Cena's already beat up. He's been in this, whatever they call this structure, the elimination chamber. Yeah, but they call it like the no, demonic structure or whatever. So he's gone through. He was also shit. all bloody too. Yeah, he was beat to shit. <laughs> so Edge comes in, he hits him a couple times, tries a couple pins, but it took two spears for him to get it. I didn't think Cena was gonna lose. 
because Super Scene, I thought, would, you know, reverse a spear or something. And then you thought he was going to beat Edge that night after Edge cashed so. in? Yeah. Well, I, keep in mind, this is the first one, so you're <clears> probably right. You had no idea. If it I didn't know how it would work. I didn't see, because this is, I think, Edge's first. First title? Yeah. So I was. don't think he was established as, like, a top guy yet. He mm-hmm. was kind of from the tag teams and doing his little rated R gimmick. And I'm like, okay, this is awesome when he won the title. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I wasn't watching at the time. This was like kind of my lull period, and I went back to watch this. And what I loved was the crowd when they realized, oh, man, this is actually happening. We're getting a yeah. title match. Because people were kind of leaving after he hit the scene, hit the one, two, three, like let's beat traffic type of thing. And then Vince's music hit, and you saw people kind of coming back to their seats. Or he's like, back don't you leave. <laughs> yeah, he, it was pretty quick, too. And at the NXT show, they probably should have done that because a lot of people were leaving before you get to see the DIY breakup. Yeah. Um, actually, a good number of people left. We almost thought we were just at the top of our section, like, oh, this is happening still. We thought it was just going to be, hey, good job, guys, clap, clap, clap. Right. And I guess even on the network, they put up the little <clears throat> copyright logo, too, and people might have turned off. Like it was over? Yep, but it was not over, as we saw. Uh, but, yeah, this is one, I don't, I don't know if it's the best cash-in, but it's definitely the most one of the most memorable ones. If we were to rank all the cash-ins, maybe we'll do that in July, the rank all yeah. the cash-ins that happen. But this one was an awesome one for sure. Another one I have was one that's kind of rare and not really known, and this was something I only found out about maybe a couple of years ago. It's when Owen Hart won, in quotes, the WWF title from Bret Hart. I was going to try to look this one up, but it's I, just on YouTube. I just didn't get to it. Yeah, so it's basically a lumberjack match where Owen Hart cheats and wins the belt, and like he has the championship and like around his race and, race, waist. And this is what they call the dusty finish, where the, another ref comes out and they reverse the decision, start yeah. over. But for a few, so minutes, what was what was it a raw or it was a, a it was a TV taping. It was like a syndicated TV taping for okay. you know Action Zone or, or Live Wire, whatever it was. I don't yeah. know if it even ever aired, but that's what it was for. And it was just awesome because the crowd was like, no, <laughs> they didn't want to win. <laughs> no, because Brett was their hero, and yeah. I, can't, I I don't know what I would have thought at the time because I just found out about this recently. But it's just a really cool thing that happened, especially because there's photos of Owen with the WWF title, and they switched it around really quick. Yeah, I didn't see it. I'll have to... You said it's on YouTube? Yeah, just put Owen wins WWF title. It comes up. It's not, a, it's not the full match. I don't even know where the full match is. Yeah. It might be on the Owen Hart DVD set. I'll have to look at it, because I do have that. But it's just an awesome little moment that Owen Hart, for a few minutes, was WWF champion. <laughs> kind of like when Jericho was not the WWF champion when he beat Triple H. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. That was one I think we talked about with the real emotions where I jumped out of my seat. I don't know if we talked about that, did we? I don't remember. It kind of sounds familiar. Yeah, so I like jumped out when it happened. I was like, yes, because Earl Hebner did the fast count, remember? Yeah. Like, Jericho with the moonsault, one, two, three. <laughs> and I was so happy because trip, that's when Triple H was like the power trip and like no one was beating him, he was burying everybody. And But then again, he got it taken away from later that night. Um, the other one I have was, this is kind of a funny one, is Halloween Havoc 95 when the Giant beat Hulk Hogan in his first match ever? Yeah, that was strange. <laughs> a lot of stuff happened. <clears throat> if you've no, never seen Halloween Havoc 95, watch it. It is one of the worst shows, but in the best ways possible. So it starts off, this is also during the Dungeon of Doom era, which is Hogan basically is fighting off monsters. Is this when the Yeti comes out? Yes. Or the Mummy or whatever the, the hell it was? He, <laughs> so... The show starts off on the roof of the arena in a monster truck match, <laughs> which is Hulk Hogan the Giant trying to push the other monster truck out of a big circle. Lame. You, you don't even know. You have to watch it. It's so ridiculous. Then after the match, after the match, not the match, the monster truck off, Hogan and the Giant get out and are like fighting each other. And they're on the edge of a building, and Hogan's kind of shoving the giant, and the giant does the, whoa, whoa, it falls, in quotes, off the building. <laughs> and Hogan is kind of reaching over, like, no, no, like, I killed him, brother. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous enough. Then later that night, I think throughout the paper, they're speculating, will this match happen? The giant shows up like nothing happened. He landed on his feet. He's pretty tall. They have their match. Hogan win or Hogan gets disqualified somehow, but later it's it, the Giants holding the belt and it didn't make any sense. Later, it's you find out that Jimmy Hart 
snuck in a clause in the contract of the match that said <laughs> if Hogan loses by DQ, he loses the title, which was later overturned. Yeah, all this happened, everybody. Also, ladies and gentlemen, all of this happened. All also, also in the match. There's a everyone's like, what the hell's going on? And all of a sudden, this mummy guy comes walking out, literally a mummy. And Tony Schiavone goes, "It's the Yeti, whatever the hell he's a Yeti for." He bear hugs Hogan and then starts to hump him. Yeah, he's humping Hogan, like dry humping him. And Tony Schiavone's got to like sell this, like it's the most incredible thing ever. I can't imagine being in the audience thinking, "What the hell is happening?" Go watch Halloween Havoc 95. I'm going to watch it tonight just to see that again. <laughs> While you watch it, I'm going to rewatch WrestleMania. <laughs> Which WrestleMania? This year's? Yeah. Okay. Just because I watched the a New Day special about them. Yeah, I got to watch that too. So I'm like, oh, I want to watch WrestleMania again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just, <clears throat> just hilarious how bad and awesome it was. Also, the Giant won the title. This was his first actual match ever where he won the world title against Hogan. So that was but it wasn't by pinfall. Count out. He got de- Hogan got DQ'd somehow. I forget. I'll have to rewatch it, but it was just awesome. In, like, the, in the in the worst way possible. In the, it was terrible in the best way possible. <laughs> I loved it. I I have such a special place in my heart for 1995 wrestling, as bad as it was, in both WWF and WCW. And I have a, actually I have a list of show ideas like I keep on my phone, and one of them is wrestling in '95. Was it so bad? Question mark. Yeah. We talk about all these stuff, but. That is just one that sticks out for me because because Hogan wants WCW in '94. I was kind of half watching them, and then Nitro launched. So I'm obviously going to watch that a little bit too because it's, yeah. like, it's new wrestling, and I was just obsessed with finding anything wrestling. I think I was watching part of I think it was a Royal Rumble '95 WWF, and just the people that were in that one it was just, just terrible. It was like Quang, well done tag team, Dick well, Murdoch. Yeah. Like who the hell are all these guys? <laughs> yeah, and that was after the steroid trial, so no one could be on any type of drugs so you're yeah. just getting whoever like these old fat guys out of shape <laughs> i loved it I loved it. do you have any other titles title changes um the one is most recent we've talked about it a couple times when zach Ryder won the intercontinental title at uh-huh. wrestlemania 32 and i'll just go right to the end again like when miz is climbing the thing i'm like okay Miz is gonna win whatever not that exciting and then he's kind of sitting up there. All of a sudden, Ryder comes racing up the ladder, yeah, shoves him off. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I think that's the biggest, the, the most excited I got in like recent years, right next to Mahal winning. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes Zack Ryder and then Mahal. I was super what pumped about when Mahal. the Hardys came back. I was super pumped for that. So you've got a lot of super pumped moments. Yeah, but I, I mean. That was the show two weeks, that was show two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It was so great. Yeah, we don't have to break that down. We talked about that before the Zack yeah. Ryder winning, but I, I could see being surprised because he, he was actually the, the gambling favorite. I'm sure something leaked, like right out, right up to the shell. He was mm-hmm. the gambling favorite. I wanted Owens to win. I wanted Owens to retain. Oh well. My next one was in 2009, Sheamus versus John Cena. So they, they had this thing on Raw where Jesse Ventura was with a guest host, and he created a battle royal, and the winner of the battle royal got the title shot at TLC. But the stipulation of the battle royal was you could never have been a world champion. So it was giving new opportunity. I'm like, oh, this mm-hmm. is sweet. Yeah. And then Sheamus won. I'm like, eh. <laughs> well, not eh because it's Sheamus. It's eh because Cena's just going to beat him. It's just like a big heel for Cena to beat. Sheamus just seemed too young, and I think he... Because I read that he trained with Triple H, he just didn't seem to be, I don't know, that great of a wrestler at the time. I've read, he's still young. I've read that, that Triple H story's kind of overblown. Like, oh, Sheamus okay. talked about it. He's like, we worked out, like, three times when I first started. <laughs> and everyone's like, and, like, he's like, and it happened to be, like, the whole locker room saw us at the gym. And it was like, oh, well, that's why he's getting pushed. But they have a table match. And then I think it was a thing where Cena was, was, was on the top rope. Mm-hmm. with Sheamus ready to give him the AA, and Sheamus just shoved him through it. And the crowd was like, oh, because they realized, oh, man, that means the match is over. Oh, man, Sheamus is champion. And then he ended up losing an elimination chamber. But that was a recent moment, relatively recent, 2009, almost 10 years ago now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much think anything 2000 and on is recent for me. Yeah. Uh, but that was just another moment where I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't, they got me, like, as far as the title change type of thing happened. Were you watching it this time in 2009 or kind of not really? Um, I kind of stopped. Yeah. 2009, I wasn't watching it at all. I wasn't watching anything except maybe a SmackDown here and there. And that's when, I mean, Rey Mysterio was on SmackDown. Um, 
London and Kendrick. I mean, it was the SmackDown to me was just kind of shitty at that time, so I didn't even really watch that much. Yeah, is that because you didn't have cable and SmackDown was on free TV? Yeah, <laughs> and then Thursday, Friday, Friday nights. You know, I'm sometimes I'm busy, so I wouldn't even watch. Sometimes, not all the time. Not all the time, but when I did watch, it was okay. <laughs> no, sometimes you were busy. Not all the time you were busy. Right. Do you have any more? Because I got two more. No, that's it. We could talk about the one that our Twitter buddy uh, Sam Cassell asked us. I don't know if the, Sam Cassell's a former basketball player. That might be wrong. Hold on, let me make sure. It's really quick. <laughs> it is the basketball player. <laughs> yeah. It is Sammy, Sammy Cassell. Remember Sam Cassell, the I basketball remember. player? He looked like a velociraptor or an yeah, alien. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sammy. Unless Sammy is the actual former NBA oh, player. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. Unfollow. <laughs> Black report. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of his suggestions, too, was when Kerry Von Erich beat Ric Flair for the title. And that's when Kerry was super young, probably not ready, but his brother or something. One of his brothers just died. <clears throat> so they had Ric Flair lose to him for the NWA world title. And I've watched that before on, like, DVD sets and stuff that I have. But I have no real context of how big of a deal it was at the time because I was, one, I was too young. And I might, it might have been 84, so I might have been just born. And two, I wasn't watching. That was a Texas wrestling thing. I was strictly WWF. Yeah. I didn't even discover you NWA, WCW until 91, 92. Almost, like, too late. Yeah. But, I mean, I could see why that was such a big deal. Like, this young guy, like, Ric Flair is the established champion. It's kind of like Ginger beating Randy, except I'm sure Kerry Von Erich, didn't lose for two straight years before winning the title. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like you. <clears throat> Excuse me. You all right? You're too much yeah. cream soda. Coffin. No, yeah, I guess so. Not enough cream soda. Not enough. <laughs> um, just like Ric Flair, Dusty Rose, the Freebirds, um, Rock and Roll. Like, I don't understand because I didn't watch it. But it's, I'm sure it was, like, super popular. Have you since watched some of those old matches? Not really. You, you it should. Just kinda... it, it's a completely different style than WWE, WWF style. There's matches between, like, Ric Flair and Rick Steamboat that are really good, but they take a while to build. They are definitely, like, those crowds are definitely more patient. There's And the production's not the same as WWF's. The lighting's not great. In some of the cases, some of the cases, just a light in the ring, you know, mm-hmm. and that's it. So you can't see anyone in the crowd. And that was one of the things Eric Bischoff talked about when he took over WCW was, we got to get out of the darkly, dimly rid of arenas and show, hey, there's people here. This is a good place to be type right. of thing. But there's still good matches to check out, you know, Dusty and Ric Flair and all that stuff. There's some that people are like, oh, watch this match. It's amazing. And not so much. <laughs> I keep meaning to check out the older stuff with um, on the network. Like, they got the old... Uh, the collections? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, the old uh, territories that yeah, they yeah. bought, like AWA well, that stuff, and all that kind of stuff. That stuff's even beyond me. <laughs> <clears throat> AWA, I did kind of watch it because I think they did... They released a DVD a while ago. So I remember watching watching it and seeing, like, Scott Hall, like, back in the day. Uh, Kurt big, Hattig, old, big old mustache. Yeah, like all those guys. I'm like, oh, that's. Then I kind of figured out that even back then, WWF was or WWE was cherry picking people from other promotions. <laughs> yeah, which they're doing now with this tournament. Yeah, they also the Triple H announced today they're doing the the women's tournament's going to be in July. It's yeah. called like the May Young Women's Tournament. Yeah, or something like that. I just saw that too. Maybe our buddy Delilah Doom will get picked for that. I'm telling you, you tell she's going to be in. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think she probably would know by now, don't you? Maybe it's a secret. Maybe, but why should would she be asking for bookings in June? <laughs> I don't know. She well, she'd be booked, brother. The entire month. <laughs> maybe she loses in the first <laughs> round. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. Well, hopefully, but not. I think they're doing tapings and then releasing them week yeah, by week. Yeah, I I think so. That would make sense. But they're not going to do it for thirty two weeks. I don't know. <laughs> How long was the cruiserweight tournament? Did you watch? Um, I didn't watch it. How long was maybe it? Maybe like ten weeks. I okay. think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and also Jr. is going to be. I think Jr. is commenting it with Nigel McGuinness. So That'd be awesome. That. Yep. Did you catch the uh, UK show? I didn't. That's it, something else I got to watch. Yeah, I got to watch that too. And I, that's going to be a show on the network every week, right? I don't know. I, I know they're going to be giving content for it too. Um, speaking of the UK stuff, so this I have a little bit of a bone to pick with our old friend Dave Meltzer. Like I know him. So Meltzer's the the pretty much journalistic source for wrestling insider information now and. He was kind of not shitting on it, but saying, look, the two guys, Tyler Bates, and I keep forgetting the other guy's name. What's Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. Bruiserweight. They should be on the main roster. Like, they're good enough. They shouldn't be just pushed, shoved on the UK show. It's like, okay, yeah, they're awesome stars, but if they're building a brand new brand, they need awesome guys to build it off of. 
And that's the argument I have with my buddy about Bobby Roode. He's like, Bobby Roode should be on WWE. I'm like, yeah, he should, but NXT needs a star to be on the show. Like, they can't just take that because they're touring brands. They need right. a star, so that's the same type of thing. <clears throat> um, going back to our, our list here, the last one I have is The Rock and Mankind on Raw, where Mankind won the title. There was no part of me at all that thought Mankind was going to win. I thought for sure it would be a big, you know, uh, interference, DQ, whatever it is, but it was a no DQ match, and then Mankind won the title. Yeah, and everything that, <clears throat> excuse me, everything that he, um, everything. no, I'm not. <laughs> everything that Mankind, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack did up until this, I never saw him being a top champion. Like, he was the daredevil. He was the hardcore guy. He was like, that was his thing. I never thought he would be a world champion. Okay. <laughs> That's, That's what it. I'm just saying. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, up until that point, like, I didn't think he was going to win. Okay. Up until that point, like, up until the three? Up until what? Hold on. So what's funny right now, I don't know if anybody can hear this. So I don't know if that, so my phone was ringing, and... My computer, I'm guessing, is linked to my phone somehow because you, know, you don't have headphones. And my headphones, I heard my cell phone ringing. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> well, they're both Apple. I should have just answered it. Yeah, <laughs> hello. The show, yeah. Delilah. No, hey, what's going on? <laughs> no, no. It would have been like, congratulations, you have won. Or it was like, uh, you qualify for Apple gift card if you give me your computer information. <laughs> right. <laughs> if they leave me a voicemail, I'll play it. <laughs> right the, be the FBI looking for you because you owe taxes. Yeah, yeah. And you got to pay them in gift cards. <laughs> in iTunes gift cards. Yeah. <laughs> Go across. Have you ever seen, watch those scam videos where yeah. people get them? And he's like, the guy's like, okay, I'm at the 7-Eleven now. How many iTunes gift cards should I get? And the guy's like, uh, buy 50 iTunes gift cards. He pretends to talk to the clerk. So right. the clerk says I shouldn't do that. He goes, do not listen to the clerk. <laughs> <laughs> he's just messing with them for like I saw one where a cop actually called the scammer. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, you're not going to get in trouble. I just, there's questions I want to ask you to you know, make sure other people know not to do. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, that has nothing to do with wrestling. So Mankind. Mankind. Anyway, Mankind. <laughs> Going off a little bit of a tangent there. So yeah, Mankind won the belt. He had a fun feud with The Rock and pushed The Rock in the next level. Potentially our next president in 2020. <laughs> Yeah. You vote for him? I don't know. Somebody said... I Probably not. I posted something on Twitter, retweeted. Someone <clears throat> said, I'm voting for The Rock unless he runs against Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I watched... Did you watch Saturday Night Live? The Rock was on it? No, I missed it. So they made a joke about him running, and he's going to pick his running mate as Tom Hanks. So it's like Johnson and Hanks are going to be president and vice president. <laughs> and I was reading articles, and the articles made it seem like it was like real. But if you didn't watch SNL, you would know that it's a joke. Mm -hmm. But if you read articles, you'd think it's real. Tom Hanks seems a pretty likable guy. Yeah. I, I could they, see that. Yeah, they were both real good. <laughs> Two real likable guys. Yeah. And The Rock was in every single sketch, and uh -huh. he kills it. Like, he's so funny. Yeah. I wonder if he'll ever come back to wrestling. I wonder if he'll have another match again. That would be nice to see. I don't even know against who, though. Against Roman, to put yeah. him over. This is my yard. Lose to Roman. It's <laughs> getting <laughs> people boo like crazy. Right. Uh, so on Raw this week... Heyman came back. You, I don't know if you saw that part. Yeah, I saw that. And part. had a little little uh, promo with Finn Balor, and he pretty much gave away that Balor's going to win that five way and face Lesnar. And that's a match that that would be something if Balor beats Lesnar, that'll be another. Oh my God, did not see that happening because when he first won the belt against Rollins, I thought for sure he wasn't going to do that, and I also thought for sure when he made his debut to get into the the winner to get into that match to. With the Universal Championship, you beat Roman. Yeah. Another thing, I'm like, he's not going to beat Roman Reigns, you know? And he Do you did. think that was a giveaway, though, that Finn's going to win? Why would they do that otherwise? I don't know. Just to swerve everybody? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, who else is going to face Lesnar at, at the pay-per-view, whatever that is in July? I would say Reigns, but I think they're trying to keep Reigns away from him yeah. for a while. Yep. You know, plans could always change, and they could always go a different way, but I hope that... I hope we get a Balor Lesnar match that's an actual match and not just him suplexing Balor yeah. 27 times and pinning him one, two, three. I think that would be exciting. I always, well, Balor's kind of small and he's quick. I'm not saying he's just like Daniel Bryan, but I always thought a Daniel Bryan versus Lesnar match would be really good because mm -hmm. it's like totally opposites. And I think Finn is a total opposite of uh, Lesnar. Yep. I think so too. And I think that 
I don't know if he'll win. I, I think, think he be a can, good match. I think he's fast enough to make it seem realistic why he'd be able to get a win on Lesnar mm-hmm. type of thing. And I'm sure maybe they just do the stipulation like Jimmy Hart pulled out on the Giant on Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best part about that was it was revealed the next night in Nitro. I was like, by the way, I put a contract in. You didn't see, you know, the real yeah. legal uh, le- legal beagle, <laughs> Jimmy Hart. The, the legal beagle. I got that because when Hogan first signed in WCW, they did the fake parade at Universal Studios or, or yeah. MGM Studios. And Mean Gene is talking to Hogan in, in, uh, on the podium, and Hogan's literally signing his contract in quotes on yeah. the podium in front of the crowd. And he goes, Jimmy Hart, you legal beagle, you make sure this is legit. And Jimmy Hart <laughs> kind of like gives it a look over, like, what? It looks great, baby. Looks he's great, a, baby. Like he's, he's a lawyer. <laughs> that's, he could be. <clears throat> that's fun wrestling moments. That's what, I, that's what we like to talk about here. We're almost, I mean, we're done with all of our talk. We're only about 50 minutes in. we got a few more minutes if you want to get any uh, wrestling thoughts or comments off your chest um you don't have to i mean i gotta think think about this yeah i know I put I mean, you do you want to talk about some of the ones that we don't remember because it seems kind of sure we can like talk- hey do you remember this no okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you said me so we all originally this this show was also gonna be about hey remember that guy just in general yeah then you sent me a list of like it was all smacked out like Jimmy J from La Familia. I don't want to fucking talk about La Familia. Who the hell remembers that guy? I guess that's the point. But you brought yeah. up Hakushi. Remember Hakushi? Yeah, he's on my list. Well, I know, I know. That's why I, I thought said. he was badass. You like I thought Hakushi? his tattoos were real. But Me too. As, as the matches went on Me and they faded too. away, I'm like, motherfucker, that's painted on. Uh, <laughs> and then it, the, the guy who had to paint them on every damn night. <laughs> Do you think they just had like a stencil? Yeah. Like over his I'm body? Sure no, the individual one by one paint. Yeah. Things. But you I know? thought he was awesome. Yeah, he did awesome moves. There's a match with Hakushi versus Bret Hart. Everyone knows about the In Your House one, mm-hmm. but there's one on a Monday Night Raw. Um, it's from 93. It's on Bret Hart's uh, like unreleased DVD he said he has, and it's just an amazing match. Like Hakushi does this crazy backflip to the outside that Bret Hart catches him. It's just an, it's a really good match. I wasn't even sure if he was on any pay-per-views because <laughs> I only remember him for maybe like a year or half a year. Mm-hmm. But I guess maybe they used him. I wonder what that guy's up to right now. We can look it up. He's probably in Japan doing something. <laughs> or he's working at a, I don't know, the Toyota. <laughs> Toyota car dealership. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, selling cars. Maybe. He could be. Uh, he was, yeah, another guy that I was like, remember this guy? You remember Salvatore Sincere slash Tom Brandy? Um, I remember the... Hasbro figure. <laughs> I don't remember him at all. Though. There was no salutary Hasbro figure, was there? Yeah. No. Look that up while I talk. All right. And, my, and don't look up custom ones either. No, no. I, I think it was a real one. So the storyline with Sal Sincere was he was like an enhancement talent, like a jobber with a personality. This was during the time in 96, 95 when WWF was pushing all these guys like Duke the Dumpster Drossy and T.L. Hopper the Plumber and and all that. You know, like guys that were jobbers but had had careers. He had a match against Mark Merrill, and this was, I think, in 97. Oh, it's a custom. Yeah, get the hell out of here. I think it was in 97. <laughs> in 97 where the match happened, and before the match, Mark Merrill cuts his promo on Sincere. He goes, this guy is what we like to call a jobber. Like, you know, Vince Russo, like, total shoot the crowd type of thing. Yeah. He's like, his real name is Tom Brandy, and he's a loser, and I'm better than him, <laughs> and I'm going to beat him. And then he gets, Merrill gets, like, blindsided, and Brandy goes, you know, who's the jobber now, like, type of thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sweet, a new guy to cheer for. And then Merrill just still beat him. <laughs> like, yeah. the next pay-per-view or whatever. It's just kind of a waste of a time. They, it's like when they gave Barry Horowitz a little push. Like, he beat... Skip of the body down as one week on Superstars, then just lost every other match. Right. So that was one other, remember that guy. One of the guys that I really liked, I think he was on Sunday Night Heat all the time, but he came out with, this first time I ever saw Lita, um, S.A. Rios. Yeah, I remember S.A. Um, I thought he was cool. I mean, he was Hispanic. He did some cool moves. He was moves. a cruiserweight. Yeah, he was a cruiserweight. came out with Lita, and, and when he would do his finishing move, which I think was kind of like a swanton or splash or whatever it was, Lita would do the same thing after the match. I'm like, okay, cool. These two are cool. They both got red hair. They're both kind of spunky and young, and I'm, I'm down with them. And then somehow he changed his name to Poppy Chulo, or she called him Poppy Chulo. I was confused <laughs> by the whole thing. And then with the story, he kind of started turning on Lita, like getting frustrated with her and that kind of stuff. And then the Hardys came and saved Lita, and that's how she ended up with uh, Team Extreme. But I really liked S.A. Rios. 
yeah, I I thought he got should have gotten like more of a push, but I don't think he could speak English. Oh, is that why? So that's probably why. <laughs> and I just assumed Lita was could only speak Spanish too. Oh, okay. I did too. I thought she was Mexican or something. Well, she trained in Mexico and like wrestled in Mexico and did like, yeah. lucha style and things like that. Yeah, those are a couple just guys, a couple guys we oh yeah, I remember this guy type of thing. I didn't want to bring up guys that I think over the years have just gotten more notoriety as being bums like Mantower and Duke the Dumpster Dressy. Right. Like, like those you, are names like everybody that. knows now. Yeah. But I mean for me ten years ago those were the guys I remembered and didn't think anybody else did. <laughs> and now everyone does because of the network yeah. and, and memes and things like in WWE lists. Like remember this guy. Right. Guarantee you Sal Sincere Tom Brand <laughs> is not on the list. list. Yeah. <laughs> Neither is S.A. Rios. He might be. He was a, was he a cruiserweight? He might have been a cruiserweight champion. He was in the cruiserweight, but I looked into him on Wikipedia, and he was with WWF before in some sort of tournament named Aguilar or Aguiar, mm-hmm. and he fought Taka for a while. Michinoku. Okay. Makes sense. So Speaking of Taka, I love that they still call it the Michinoku driver. Right. Like when they use it. Because like, to me, that's what it is. It's like when Diggs like Taka. It's Taka's move. Yeah. I, I don't think people associate them with Taka anymore. Yeah, but that's his move, the right. Taka Michinoku, the Michinoku driver. It's like also when Ziegler hits the Famouser. It's like that's not what it's called, but that's what it's called, the Famouser right. now. You know, the well, the Young Bucks move. will do the Taka Michinoku driver, but they call it the Melter driver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, also, they also do the super kick party and all that stuff. Yeah. That's a one pet peeve of mine is everyone uses too much super kicks. It should be a finisher. Like Give it to Ziegler. He hits a good one. Yeah. Give him the finisher, not super kick, super kicks to chop, chop. Super even, kick. even him tuning up the band is like so HBK. <laughs> like yeah, tuning up the band, he whips his hair back, uh-huh. and he's ready to go. <laughs> he looks like a lion now with his hair. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> when it starts to dry out, he looks like fucking adult Simba. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, guys, we're gonna wrap up this week's show on adult Simba. I'll tell the story really quick. So on Mother's Day, we went to the White Sox game with my wife and my kid, and. They have a thing there called the Simba Cam, where you just hold your kid up like Simba. I'm like, that is an awesome idea. I was, no one ever thought of that before, but that relates to... Did they play the music for it? Yeah, yeah. Circle of life. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen somewhere where they do almost... I think it's a Brewers game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Brewers. I went to the Brewers Cubs a couple weeks ago. And so they'll do this little camera. They go around to the kids, and they put the mustache on the screen. You uh-huh. have to line your face up with the mustache. <laughs> so, like, it's pretty fun and pretty funny to see. Mm-hmm. What if what they put out people that have real mustaches? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the camera picks those guys. Or women. Yeah. <laughs> they should, right? Yeah. I always like the kiss cam. And I'm like, every time, this is like my go-to joke. It's like, it's on the kiss cam. I'm like, it's his sister. Like, it's not. I'm just like a dick. I had an awesome zinger this past weekend. Nothing to do with wrestling, I'm going to tell anyway, because it's my show and I can. Uh-huh. I had a baseball game this past weekend at a stadium. I played in an adult baseball league, and we got to play at a stadium this week, which was fun. And the umpire was awful. And, like, I get it. Like, you're not a professional umpire. We're not professional players. But he missed, like, six calls. And two of them were obvious and took us out of an inning. We ended up losing the game. Whatever. So he's like Joe West. He's just awful. And then I was from the – like, there was one play in the ninth. We were down by, like, eight runs. The game was over, like, type of thing. We just finished up the game. And it was a guy was called out at second, was clearly safe, like clearly. And our whole dugout was kind of did the like, oh, come on type of thing. So he turned over, looked at our dugout and said something. And I didn't hear what he said. So I just said, that's six calls you missed today. And he goes, really? <laughs> I go, yeah, really? And like, I wasn't being like yelling or I'm like, dude, you missed six. Like, cause we pay these guys like to be there. Yeah. <clears throat> and so. I kind of so to fill this the gap in a little bit here. We we're supposed to have two umpires at every game. His partner didn't show up, so he was gonna have to be at this stadium from like 10 a.m. to like 8 p.m. by himself all day, standing type of thing, like by himself all day. So he took off his mask and said, "Come out here and say that to me." And I go to him like because he wanted to kick me out of the game, and I go to him like, "You can't provoke me." You, I'm like, "That's ridiculous." You can't provoke me, you asshole. <laughs> right? I just said you can't provoke me, uh-huh. and he and then I just go, "I'm glad you're here by yourself all day." <laughs> And he my, turned around and single tear rolled like, down his face. My whole dugout just cracked up laughing. The other team was laughing too. Like that's my zinger of the week. I'm glad you're here by yourself all day. <laughs> Horrible umpire. Nothing to do with wrestling, but it's it's just uh, hilarious stuff. Does he have a name? I don't remember what his name was. <laughs> I probably should have so I could have reported him for being terrible. Yeah. <sighs> Wrapping up this week. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks to Sammy Cassell, not the NBA player, but maybe. <laughs> it's a possibility. <laughs> we can't confirm or deny it. So sorry about the Velociraptor comparison. <laughs> 
Thanks for the show suggestion. You can follow my Twitter at Sammy Cassell. And you can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Also on iTunes, hit the subscribe button so you get new shows every week. I submit the shows every Wednesday, but if you're subscribed on iTunes and you have a night shift or a night owl or whatever, you'll get it Tuesday night to listen to the show. Uh, thanks, guys, for coming back to the show. Maybe some new listeners who joined last week after Delilah came on. We had a bunch of feedback. Her fans are awesome. They all said, like, I'm listening to her on the show now. They would tag me. Um, one guy's like, her voice is angelic. I was like, oh, Pump the brakes, hey, dude. Take it easy. Pump the brakes, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Type of thing. But he listened, so thank you very much for listening. Thank you to people who are listening now. Thank you to future people who listen. Thank you to fans of the show. Thanks to Mark Crusoe. Thanks to PJ. Thanks to Man Cave Podcast. Sammy Cassell. Greg's from Allentown. They're a podcast that um, does like older stuff like you were talking about. Check them out. They're, I just saw on Twitter they're doing a show this week about uh, uh, Bobby Heenan. There's another show. <clears throat> Love Bobby Heenan. I think it's called Ringside. I'm going to double check it really quick. I think Ringside Podcast. I want to confirm because, yeah, ring, at Ringside Podcast. And they're similar to us, and they're somewhat new, and they're they're getting shows together. So we talk about maybe doing a cross show sometime soon, so that could be fun. So follow those guys, too. Eric, you got anything else? Nope, that's it. Cool. We will see you guys next week. 